Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hello and welcome to this Wednesday edition of The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond. And right before we started the show, did you hear that audio version of Father Rocky's Lenten Lesson on the Mass? He ended up giving a couple of suggestions of prayers that you can use before Mass. Uh, you can use when you arrive at the church, hopefully a little early there. Um, and I mentioned that's the audio version because Father Rocky has a video version. And in that, he actually talks about different prayers that a priest will pray before Mass. If you don't know what those are, Father Rocky, he walks you through those prayers. He also shows you uh, a lot of the different vestments that you might see used through different seasons and different times of the liturgical year in the church. Very, very educational video, and I hope you check it out. Uh, if you haven't seen that yet, you can find it at our website, relevantradio.com. You can find it um, through our Relevant Radio app. You can also, I just retweeted it on our Twitter account here, and if you're not com- connected with me on Twitter, you can find that. Uh, it's at Inner Life Show, and I just retweeted that there, so you can find it there lot of easy ways. And you can also get those sent directly to your email inbox every day. And you don't have to go and try and hunt for it. Um, All you have to do is just register for the Lenten lessons on the Mass. And it's, again, at our website or on the Relevant Radio app. So the website, relevantradio.com, just click on that banner that you see there for the Lenten lessons on the Mass and give us your email address. We'll send it to you absolutely free every single day. You'll get a new lesson throughout the entire season of Lent leading up to Easter Sunday. And uh, like I say, great educational kind of uh, um, program that Father Rocky is walking all of us through here as we learn a little bit more about the the Mass, uh, learn about this uh, the highest form of prayer that we have as Catholics. Well, so do you watch any of those, those crime or investigation shows that are out there? There are a ton of them now, I know that, but are you a fan of maybe like some of the law and order shows and their different spinoffs or... Do you watch some of those different ones of the CSI variety? Uh, the formula for most of those shows is pretty similar. Similar, they, uh, you know, there's this crime that's been committed, and then it's up to whatever the team of people is. They have to solve the puzzle, find out who did it. Um, you know, uh, maybe it's brought into the justice system to seek out. You know that things are righted. Um, one of the common tropes in those different crime shows, though, especially those dealing with the police is the regular interviewing or the interrogation of a suspect or a witness. Trying to get them, you know, just to give up that information. What can we get out of them? And and it's not only in police shows. You know, wartime films, they'll regularly have scenes like that. James Bond and other films in that spy genre, they have those same sorts of moments. And several movies, 
that tell stories about organized crime often show those kind of interrogation scenes. And there's this one moment toward the end of The Godfather where Michael Corleone, he ends up sitting down and he questions his sister's husband, Carlo. And you would think in a mafia movie, there would be torture, there'd be pain, you know, there'd be some thug that's trying to beat a confession out of somebody. But it isn't one of those dark cinder brick rooms with no windows, maybe only one light that's kind of swinging there, hanging over an interrogation table. Michael, he ends up talking with Carlo in a living room of a house where the curtains are open. And Michael speaks very softly, very quietly, using only subtle intimidation to frighten Carlo into telling what he knows. Now, the problem with interrogation, especially when torture and intimidation are used, is that the person being questioned, they might say anything. They might say something true or they might say something false just simply to end that interrogation and stop whatever suffering and anguish, whether that's physical or mental, emotional, whatever it might be. And there are times where the person that's asking the questions they might not be interested in the actual truth themselves. They might only be satisfied when they finally hear the answer they've been waiting for all along. Well, you see something like that happen at the end of the movie Braveheart. The main character is William Wallace. He's the Scotsman who's been fighting against the British monarchy for Scotland's independence. And when William is finally captured, he's brought before the royal magistrate. And the magistrate announces that William is accused of high treason. William explains, never in his life did he ever swear allegiance to the king of England. And the magistrate replies, doesn't matter. The king is still your king. And so there William stands guilty of treason. And then the magistrate, he says these words. He says, confess and you may receive a quick death. Deny and you must be purified by pain. Do you confess? And William is silent so the magistrate speaks more forcefully. He repeats the question, do you confess? And even though William, he knows that by not admitting to the crime of treason, it means he's going to be facing torture. He'll be most likely hanged, drawn, and quartered. He still remains silent there. He won't give that confession that the magistrate wants to hear from him. That image of being forced, being coerced to admit something that you don't want to admit, or maybe being manipulated to say something that might not even be true. That is associated with somebody making that confession. Yet we call one of our seven sacraments in the Catholic Church by that same name, the Sacrament of Confession. And the Sacrament of Confession isn't anything like those scenes of interrogation, quite to the contrary, rather than making us fearful. Rather than bringing dread into the situation, the sacrament of confession actually helps us to find healing and freedom from the sins that we've been carrying around. The sacrament of confession is also commonly called the sacrament of reconciliation. And in this sacrament, we are re reconciled to Christ. But what does that really mean for us? How does the healing and the freedom that we experience in the sacrament, how does it go beyond mere emotions to affect something deep in us, to affect our soul? And then how should that impact our relationship with God? Well, these are some of the things that we want to talk about today here on The Inner Life. 
and our spiritual director helping us take this deeper look at the sacrament of confession. Father Michael Hurley is back with us once again. Father Michael is a Dominican priest and the pastor of St. Dominic Parish in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. Father Michael, welcome back to The Inner Life. Good morning, Josh. It's great to be with you. I'm glad you you, you turned that that opening a little bit on its head. I thought I was going to be a, a spiritual like Columbo or Perry Mason here for a moment. But, uh, Columbo, yeah, just one more thing. <laughs> just one more thing. Just one more thing. <laughs> but no, wonderful to be with you, and I'm so excited because this is this topic and the um, the great gift we have of God's mercy and the guarantee we have in the confessional is one of the most powerful experiences that I would have as, as a priest, and it's one of the most joyful experiences of, of my priesthood, being able to speak for Christ and absolving sin. So I'm, I'm super eager to, uh, to talk about this uh, subject and hopefully inspire and encourage folks if it's been a while or, or they just want a little refresh on, on how to best make fruit of the sacrament to do that this morning. And also, just because, you know, this is one of those topics where We'll be covering a lot of ground here. I also do want to open up the phone lines earlier than we normally do. And if you're listening yeah. and you have a question about confession, there's something that you're not clear on, there's something that's maybe been confusing for you, you're welcome to call in and speak with Father Michael. Or maybe you'd like to encourage other people. Maybe you have had that, uh, that freedom and that healing by going to the sacrament of confession and you'd like to be able to share how that's helped you in your spiritual journey with others, you can call in and join the program at 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149 is the phone number for the studio. And uh, Father Michael, you know I like to start with the basics. So before we get maybe into the specifics of the sacrament of confession, can we just go back to uh, give us a brief explanation of what just a sacrament is in and of itself? Absolutely. A sacrament is an outward sign, which includes both words and actions, instituted by Christ in order to give us interior or inward grace. That is, it's an outward sign that does something to us inwardly, spiritually. That also might raise the question, what is grace then? You know, that this brings about grace in our life. How would you define that for somebody listening today? Absolutely. So grace is is simply the gift of God, the presence of God through his spirit in a particular way. So in other words, God is everywhere. (laughs) He's the reason why there's something rather than nothing. But grace, when we talk about grace, especially sanctifying grace, it is the presence, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our whole person that puts us in relationship to God as our Father, so we can name, as we did at the Gospel yesterday, uh, to say our Father in the Lord's Prayer. Well, and as you say that, it brings us into relationship with God. I mentioned that confession is only one name for the sacrament. I mentioned that name, reconciliation. Um, You know, there's the sacrament of penance is yet another name, and it's in a category that is uh, of sacraments of healing. So can you maybe walk us through some of those names and how they help to convey and communicate different aspects of this specific sacrament? Sure. Now, you know, I'll start with penance because uh, according to the church and canon law, the official name of the sacrament is actually called the sacrament of penance, um, which I don't usually commonly hear as much. Uh, I myself don't often use, but just, just to say, if you look at the official books of the church, a penance is the official name for the sacrament. And that, and each one of those names 
emphasizes or gives a little bit different uh, dimension or window into what's involved in the sacrament, either the effect of it or the agency of those uh, participating in the sacrament. So to start with penance, since it is the official <laughs> nomenclature for it in canon law, uh, that speaks to that interior sense of conversion, both inward penance, that is sorrow for one's sins, but then also the action that usually the priest will give in terms of repairing what wrong is done. That is an outward sign or activity which shows forth our contrition or our sorrow. Uh, so that's that sense of penance, the, uh, the kind of uh, change or contrition both inwardly and then manifested outwardly. The sacrament is called also confession, and when that highlights that the agency or the activity integral to it is the actual verbal articulation of our faults, our sins, the, the lack of love and selfishness in our life to someone else, right, just audibly uh, to a priest. Um, it's called the sacrament of reconciliation in that it restores us uh, to that right relationship. And, and there's a little bit of a poetic uh, kind of way to uh, deconstruct the word um, uh, cilia, which is at the heart of that word, ciliation, um, is the, the, the little hairs on your eye. It can be talking about any kind of hairs, but just if you take it poetically, your eyelashes. So, And the prefix re, re, and con mean uh, back and again. So it's it's restoring uh, the uh, the relationship of God where we've turned our back on God. Now we are face-to-face, if you will, eyelash to eyelash <laughs> with God again, uh, right. kind of like in fully uh, kind of, you know, allowing our face to be face-to-face with God. And then it's called the sacrament of forgiveness because that's the actual fruit of the of the, the person who goes to confession or, and, and does penance inwardly and outwardly is that there's restoration, there's healing, there's that mercy of God that, once again, restores and heals what has been wounded in our hearts and our lives. You know, it, one of the other things that you talked about, as you're going through those different aspects of what we experience in confession, you said as a priest, um, you know, it's, it's one of the things that brings you the most joy in your priesthood. You talked about it being a gift. Uh, can, uh, obviously, you, you know, you can't talk about specific confessions, but in a general sense, sure. can you just elaborate on that a little bit more? Why is this, you know, it, it, it would seem, I think for most people on the outside looking in, you have to listen to people talk about all the lousy and hurtful things that they do in their life. How does that bring you joy, and how do you see that as a gift for you as a priest? Yeah, so that's an excellent question. And make no mistake, there are aspects of confession that are not, it's not like, a, it's not a, an emotional kind of like, oh boy, this is, this is a really a big upper all the time. But I'll tell you, the joy comes, especially at that moment of resolution. And just confession and penance, whatever you call the sacrament, is not so much about focusing on the sins as it is in naming the sins to receive God's mercy. So if someone comes to confession and they already know what they've done, God knows what they've done, right? The very process of being being an instrument and being having a front row seat to that moment in which in naming those sins, those faults, those failures, God is going to touch their heart and restore them to his right relationship. There's nothing better than that. It's, it's, you've, it's, you've been privy to and instrumental in the restoration of a soul to the very source of life. <laughs> and so there's nothing, better, there's nothing better than that. So it's not so much the process of actually going to confession. Isn't, uh, it can be, you know, it can be 
for both, uh, for especially for penitents, can be difficult, embarrassing, nervous, awkward, all the rest, right? And it can be a very um, difficult emotional moment, but always, always ends with those words, you know, go in peace, you have been forgiven, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the Lord has restored right. you in every way, and there's nothing more joyful <laughs> than to call that, because joy is what? Joy is being in the presence of the one that you love. And the Lord is there, the very source of love, and to be able to communicate that love and mercy to others. There's nothing better than that. Yeah. Uh, speaking with Father Michael Hurley, he's our spiritual director here on The Inner Life today. And we're talking about the sacrament of confession. Maybe you have a question about the sacrament. Or maybe you have had that experience, that joy of walking out of the confessional, that freedom that healing, and you'd like to encourage others to uh, avail themselves to that healing, to that freedom that's available here in the Sacrament of Confession. You can call in 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father, let's go to Bridget, who's listening to us in St. Paul, Minnesota. Hi, Bridget. You're on the air with Father Michael. Hi, Father. I'm a physician, and I'm well aware that there's so much mental illness that I think is actually um, would benefit from, you know, spiritual healing. I mean, that, that what they need is confession. And Absolutely. yet confession isn't available to most people. So I am wondering if the church would consider in a, this day of great need for confession, if the church would consider opening it up to non-Catholics. Bridget, that's an excellent question. <laughs> you know, you know, I've never thought of that as a like of a, a pastoral project. But I will say this, uh, um, and you're so right. I, I, I completely agree. And I had folks who are not even Catholic. I, I had a, I had a, uh, a tutor in, in college who was a professed agnostic, uh, but thought that most <laughs> most mental and then Lil's was was kind of a rejection of of the God that she didn't believe necessarily existed, but, but thought that there was something therapeutic and very human about the sacrament of penance and reconciliation. I'll say this though, Bridget, I think most priests, if someone comes and I, I mean, this, this happens to me, I mean, I'm, I live in, uh, you know, San Francisco, so it's a, and a church is, uh, you know, certainly in the inner city, in the city, in the heart of the city. So you, you get just anyone dropping in. When someone comes in and says, I'm not Catholic, but I'd like to confess, I'm like, go for it. Like, <laughs> you know, now I'd be very clear that I'm not going to, the, the, the prayers of absolution that are key for the sacramental uh, forgiveness of, of sins are, are not going to be the words I'm going to say, but what I'll do is we'll, we'll, it'll be, it'll, if you will, quote unquote, feel very much like a confession in that the person, you know, kind of admits their failings. I'll, we'll have a little back and forth and then we'll just call down God's mercy. I just will we'll pray a prayer <laughs> of mercy because God is certainly, um, bound himself to the sacraments, but not by the sacraments, right? So he can certainly forgive us even outside of the sacrament. And for someone who's not Catholic, even though that grace wouldn't come through the sacrament, that doesn't mean, if you will, the equivalency or the sense of healing and forgiveness couldn't be there. So I think if someone approaches a priest for a confession who's not Catholic, I would say, by and large, priests are not going to turn that person away. Say, oh, no, that's only a Catholic thing. Most priests, uh, myself included, would say, yeah, just uh, be clear about kind of the structure and the context of the moment, but absolutely hope to be an agent or an instrument of God's mercy in whatever way we can be. So, but I, I've never really heard of that being a kind of like promulgated as a kind of like a, a pastoral uh, kind of strategy to just say, oh, hey, come one, come all, <laughs> but, 
but it's a unique idea. Well, I, you know, one of the things that comes to my mind too with this is the, you going, you know, saying that those words of absolution, that prayer at the end, that's not going to be part of the process there. So a lot of what happens in confession is there, but those actual words of absolution, uh, you know, I can't speak from a standpoint of ever going to confession as a non-Catholic, but I know being a convert and coming in and that first confession I had, things that had been weighing on me, even though I had prayed for forgiveness, I might have talked with somebody else and had that kind of, you know, trusted, um, uh, you know, pouring out my soul to them about something that I'd done in my past. None of those things kind of wiped slate the slate clean. And I, I mean that, you know, things that I had carried around for years as just kind of that that baggage. After my first confession, I never have had that same sort of just weight on myself. And so I've got to imagine that, you know, there is there would be something substantially lacking. Not that God is limited, like you say. God can work outside of the sacraments, but this is the normal process for us that he's given us, the the best path that we can avail ourselves to that grace that he offers us. And so, you know, as much as we might think, well, Catholics get healed so easily by going to the the sacrament of confession. If somebody's not Catholic, I wouldn't want to have the presupposition that that person would experience the same kind of healing and results. Oh, yeah, no, no, absolutely, that's why God has given the sacraments. So, no, that's a, that's a very good distinction, Doug. I mean, it's not, it's not as if, um, uh, and it's, God does it for our salvation. So when it comes to the sacraments, I, St. Thomas Aquinas, in my, my little paraphrasing, has the, uh, I call it the two-by-four, right? Maybe it's a, okay. <laughs> a construction analogy, a two-by-four. But when it comes to the sacraments, and, and or in this particular case, it's a two-by-four. In other words, God is bound, bound himself to the sacrament. In other words, God says, wherever the sacrament is present, I'm there. It's a guarantee, and there's you never have to be in doubt. And that's what you're talking about, the kind of the wiping the slate clean, the, the burden lifted. You, there's no ambiguity. You have been forgiven, even if you don't have perfect contrition, right, to the right. extent that you're contrite, the Lord's going to forget 100%. So that's God bounding him to the sacrament, but he's not bound by the sacrament. Of course, he's bigger than the thing God can be forgiven in any way. But the reason why he's bound himself to the sacrament is for our salvation. That is, it's the easiest, most reliable, most human, and the fullest way in which we can experience his presence. So two by four, to the sacrament, not by the sacrament, for our salvation. Beautiful, beautiful. Again, talking with yeah. Father Michael Hurley, a Dominican priest and the pastor of St. Dominic Parish in the Archdiocese of San Francisco today, talking about the sacrament of confession and taking your phone calls as well at 888-914-9149. Uh, Father, need to take a brief pause here, but we have a lot of people calling in to talk with you, so we'll go back to the phones right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com Forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond. 
and our spiritual director for the hour, Father Michael Hurley, a Dominican priest who's helping us take a better look at the sacrament of confession, what that means for us, uh, the healing that we receive in it. Maybe you've experienced that healing, that freedom of being able to go and make that good confession, hearing those words of absolution, and being able to walk out of that confessional and feel oh, just that weight is lifted off. And we'd love to hear how that has happened in your life, uh, hear you be able to encourage others who might be maybe dreading going to confession. Maybe it's been a long time for them, and they're hesitant, and uh, we'd love to hear how that's worked in your life. Uh, maybe you have a question about the sacrament of confession. You can call in and speak with Father Michael at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Our email address is is innerlife at relevantradio.com. And uh, Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Bill who is calling in from San Marcos, Texas. Bill, welcome to the Inner Life. Hi, how are you guys doing today? Very, very well. Thank you. Well, thanks, Bill. Um, oh, thank you. Uh, I was just calling in to relate my experience last night. Um, I'm 58 years old and RCIA candidate. Congratulations. And it was my first, thank you. It was my first confession. Nice. And I, I'll tell you, I approached it with a sense of trepidation uh, when I first started in the RCIA class, you know, last fall. And uh, as it got closer, my wife reassured me. And of course, listening to you guys on Relevant Radio helped me to kind of approach it as not a, uh, not a horrible thing, not a, not a scourging kind of a thing. And sure enough, when I went in, I had a big laundry list of things that I had to confess, including some pretty pretty big sins. Uh, but it turned out to be a, a very, very, sorry, it's emotional still. Um, but it was a, it was a real cleansing experience. And uh, just had a good conversation with the priest afterwards. And it wasn't, it, it really wasn't anything to be uh, scared of or, you know, worried about. And when I left, it, that feeling of relief and release really was there. There's quite a bit of peace to it. Tremendous, Bill. Now, now I, I, just to let you know from the other side of that, the, the priest that was very confession, I'm, I'm sure, is on that same kind of feeling of, of joy and, and sense of, 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 of um, elation. They, I think of, to paraphrase Jesus when he says, when, you know, when he's talking about the, sh- the sheep and, 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 and going out to, to kind of restore the flock, he says, you know, there's more rejoicing <laughs> when someone comes back and, and is, is kind of reintegrated into the flock than, you know, the, 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 the other 99 righteous. And so last night, I'll, I'll put it this way, you, uh, the angels were popping and some champagne on your behalf up there. <laughs> Bill, I'm so glad you called in and shared your experience. And, you know, uh, <laughs> what you talked about, you that lengthy confession. I know when I made mine coming into the church, it had been almost 20 years uh, since the time I was baptized. So there was a lot. I had pages that I had written out and um, ended up going in, and I just kind of went through everything. But um, afterwards, yeah, that you mentioned just the relief, 
and the peace that you felt. And uh, it really is. It's it, it, for me, was the very first experience, because that happens before you have the opportunity to receive your first communion. Um, you know, it happens before confirmation, um, those things. So that healing that I felt right there, that power, knowing that, okay, I am just a short ways off of being received into the church, it made the church so real to me. So I'm so glad to hear you kind of give that same, that same experience that, uh, you know, that you went through that as well. Um, and I'll keep you in my prayers, especially here as we look ahead toward Easter and you being received into the church. And congratulations in advance. I'm so happy for you. Um, Father, let's also go to Pete. Pete's listening to us in Wisconsin. Pete, you're on the air. Hello, Father. Uh, great, great topic for Lent. Uh, actually, a couple of questions. One, my primary one for calling, is uh, how would one articulate when talking with uh, Protestants or maybe fringe Catholics that feel they don't need to go to a priest or another person uh, specifically to confess uh, when they can do it right from their own heart to, to God? Um, and then the other question that came up while I was waiting, uh, if you could please explain the difference between Confession, reconciliation, and penance. And I'll hang up and listen off the line. Thank you, and God bless. Great. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Pete. Okay. Uh, yeah, so the, in terms of do we need to go to a priest in the confession, uh, the, the strict answer is just to admit to that you don't have to do I mean, In other words, God is, once again, I'll go back to the two-by-four, <laughs> is not bound by the sacrament. Uh, and so, strictly speaking, we can be forgiven outside of the sacrament of confession. But the point of it isn't a strict necessity, but it is a, a sense of a guarantee. In other words, why wouldn't you want to know for certain and sure that you have been forgiven? In other words, from a non-Catholic, even Christian perspective, you can confess in your heart. You can even, as the letter of St. James says, confess to one another. Um, but the question becomes, how do you know that you've truly been forgiven? How do you actually hear God speak to you? Is it that kind of interior voice? When, and especially if you find yourself falling into sins again and again and again, was that because you truly weren't sorry at the time before? Is it because you didn't receive fully the forgiveness of God in that moment when you confessed your sin directly to God or someone else? In other words, as human beings, we can make lots of excuses, rationale. We can kind of get in our head a little bit. And so there is no, and God knows this, this is why he gives to his apostles the great gift of forgiving their sins and then empowering them in the Gospel of John, right in the scriptures after the resurrection, he says, whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. In other words, he entrusts his very power to forgive sins for the sake, not only of the apostles, but for all those coming after, for the church herself, and gives her that power. And so, if you will, could God, it's, it's kind of like asking, could God have saved us by not being crucified in another way? Sure, God have kind of snapped his fingers like a superhero and forgiven everyone. He, God is God, right? But the question is not so much what could God do theoretically, but how did Jesus choose to act? It's not what would God do or what could God do. It's what did God do. That's most important. And what Jesus did was give us a sacrament, a way of going to God and to receive his mercy that is a guarantee and is the, the normative, most complete and fullest way to experience God's mercy. You cannot experience God's mercy in its fullness without the sacrament of confession. Why? Because that's how God bound himself to the sacraments. 
And then the next question about um, the uh, different aspects of confession. So it's called penance, uh, just to recapitulate, or recapitulate. Penance from the sense of that conversion, both interiorly and by action outside and the actions we do after our confession to make amends. It's called confession from the standpoint of the actual audible articulation of naming those sins, very human thing to do. It's called reconciliation in that it restores that relationship, face-to-face, eyelash-to-eyelash kind of uh, approach to God. And it's called forgiveness insofar as it's the fruit of what we receive, that healing mercy of God. Pete, thanks so much for calling in. Uh, Father also, at the beginning of the hour, went into a little more detail on those three different names of the sacraments. So uh, if you did miss, if you joined us late, uh, just look for the podcast a little later here this afternoon. It'll be posted shortly after the show ends, and you'll be able to go back and listen to what he said at the beginning of the hour. You can find the podcast at our website, relevantradio.com, or on the Relevant Radio app. And uh, again, I think it's really important to what Father said, you know, he pointed you to the Gospel of John. There's also in the Gospel of Matthew where we have Jesus, where he talks about binding and loosing, specifically in regards to the sins of others. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So he gives that authority and that responsibility to the apostles and their successors. And that, if you're talking with somebody, especially um, you know, a, a Bible-believing Protestant or evangelical, that's probably going to be the best place that you can look at and point them and say, well, here's where in Scripture we see that there is you know, this sacrament that Jesus himself instituted. Um, Father, you know, one of the other things that I was thinking as you were talking here is when we go to confession, uh, number one, and I guess this might go back to Bill. Bill talked about, my, you know, he, he had his wife kind of give him reassurance ahead of time. It's okay. You know, it's not going to be this dreadful experience. But if somebody is reluctant, if they are saying, oh, I just, I'm not sure if I want to go and I'm nervous or I, you know, whatever, whatever the emotions, whatever the reasons are, what are some things you might say to offer some comfort, some encouragement to help uh, maybe pacify those fears of somebody who is not sure if they want to go and approach the, the sacrament of confession? Yeah, no, I think that's that's an excellent question because I think even even myself as a priest, there there could be reticence at some point. It's like, oh man, I'm a I'm a priest and I'm falling into these same things that you know any normal human would fall into. So I, I definitely get the sense of, uh, of that it's not it can be embarrassing or awkward or there's as he said trepidation <laughs> coming to the sacrament. But just to give a little assurance from the side of uh, the confessor, that myself who hears lots of confessions, to know uh, first of all the priest is not looking to kind of remember your sins or to identify like, oh, this is, you know, Joe who, you know, gossips a lot or something like that, right? It's, it's, the priest isn't there actively listening to remember something. He's simply there in the place of Christ. And I'd put this side the right way. It's, it, the priest doesn't really so much even care or focus on the sins so much in terms of like, I mean, once you're a priest for any length of time, you've heard it all. As, I, as I'll say to my RCA, hey folks, you know, you're not going to surprise don't take this as a challenge, but you're not going to confess anything I haven't heard before, right? <laughs> and that's not a challenge, it's just a reality, right? So in other words, it, the reason isn't listening to here isn't kind of interested in, in the sins as much as actually speaking to 
how the Lord wants to bring his mercy and healing. Um, and the other part is that it can be humbling to name the sins, but I'll tell you, it really is humbling to hear sins from the vantage point of, you know, I have the experience of hearing things that a person would in know any other normal conversation never share with anyone else to be able to hear someone say, father, I've never shared this with anyone else, even, you know, my spouse or the closest people in my life, but I'm bringing it to the Lord. Now I'm, I'm naming it to you so that I can experience forgiveness. Uh, there's a, <laughs> that in, the fact that someone would trust that moment and trust you and trust the Lord is very humbling. So from the, if there's a sense of feeling humiliation about your sins, <laughs> there is on the other side for the priest hearing those sins, a kind of, a kind of humility or a humbleness in saying, wow, this person is really trusting this moment in a way that is, is very edifying as a priest. So in other words, to allay any fears that the priest is going to be like judging you or, or in a sense um, feeling like, oh, this, you know, this person's, you know, unusually sinful or something like that. No, we, we all have as human beings are kind of the same kinds of sins we ordinarily commit. So there's usually nothing, it's not so much about the sin, it's about that forgiveness. And then the other, the other piece I will, I will name is sometimes people um, don't, aren't confident, especially if they, they're not in the practice, of just how to go to confession. So in other words, you know, what are the steps I want to do it the right way? I want to, you know, do I have all the prayers I have to say? And so I would just encourage anyone, if it's unfamiliarity with the sacrament, bring into the confessional, whether it's a face-to-face or behind the screen, bring in whatever resources you need. If you've got, you know, a paper, you know, a laundry list written down, bring it in. If you've got like a, a little, um, you know, examination of conscience on your, your, your phone, your smartphone, bring it in. Like there's, it's not, a, I, I like to say, it's an open book test moment, right? <laughs> it's, not, it's not a memory test, right? Yeah. So bring in whatever resources you need into that confession in order to put you at ease if you need uh, a copy of the act of contrition. And my, my, my confessional, I've got one that's actually posted on that side of the penitent side, right? There's no, there's no quote unquote cheating in this moment, right? Bring in all the resources you need in order to be comfortable. And honestly, if you walk into a confessional and you don't know, you're totally at a loss on, you forget you, you have a moment of, of, of kind of uh, a total kind of blackout moment, the priest will always be able to simply guide you through the process. All you have to do is say, Hey father, I'm here. I'm freaked out. <laughs> I want to confess. Can you help me do it? <laughs> yeah. The priest will be able to, to, to help you navigate that. One of the other things that I've heard from priests speaking about the sacrament of confession, uh, they, I've heard this from more than one, is not only do they not want to remember the sins, you mentioned that, Father, but they almost have... Uh, some sort of a grace or a gift from God where once they walk out of the confessional, they actually kind of just are forgetful of everything that just got unloaded oh, yeah. in that confessional. And they really don't remember much of, of what was said there anymore. Yeah. You know, I, I almost think of it like, I mean, consider like other occupations or like, like a dentist, right? So a dentist, you know, he's, he see, you know, he meets you, you agree that, but then when you get in that chair, you know, he's just, he's just working on your mouth, right? But then after that procedure is over, you're walking around, he's not thinking, oh, there's, you know, left molar guy, you know, or there's, there's cavity <laughs> uh-huh. number five, like, like yeah. you know, like, it's not, it doesn't really, it's not really, so it's not like I, it's like when you're in the confessional, you're kind of in a zone of like, of being able to respond with mercy outside of the confessional. You're not even thinking, it's not even like crossing your mind. First of all, me personally, I hear so many confessions. I couldn't even, if I wanted to possibly remember, but you're not in that you're in 
a kind of physician mode or dentist mode where you're like, in the moment you're addressing the cavity, <laughs> but once that's over, you just don't have it. It's not even, it doesn't even, it's not even a blip on the radar. Sure. It on with like life. cross your mind. Exactly. It's just like, like I said, your dentist is not looking like, oh, you're, <laughs> you're cavity D3, you know. Yeah. Like, no, it's not how we approach it. <laughs> Father Michael Hurley, our, our spiritual director here on The Inner Life today, and talking about the Sacrament of Confession, also taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149. Maybe you have a question about the Sacrament of Confession. Maybe you'd like to share your story of how confession has really made that impact in your spiritual journey, how you've been able to experience experience that healing, that freedom, uh, the relief, the peace that we've been talking about after hearing those words of absolution prayed, being able to walk out of the confessional and be able to start anew, and how have you experienced that in your life? 888-914-9149. More with Father Michael and more of your phone calls coming up right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This hour sponsored by Solidarity HealthShare. Prices start at $384 a month for families. Check now to see how much you can save. Go to CatholicHealthShare.com. Thanks for joining us here during this hour of The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director for the hour, Father Michael Hurley, a Dominican priest, pastor of St. Dominic's Parish in the Archdiocese of San Francisco, talking today about the Sacrament of Confession, the Sacrament of Reconciliation, taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149. Again, the number 888-914-9149. And Father, let's go back to the phones we've got. Joan, who's listening to us in Phoenix, and Joan, you're on the air with Father Michael. Hi, Father Michael and Josh. Good morning. I have good morning. two questions about. <laughs> good morning. I have two questions about past conf- my last two confessions. I'm um, I'm in my 80s, and um, my confession. One of them was at a vacation spot where they had a Catholic church of a little little town. And we had to make an appointment. So we waited in the church, and eventually a lady came from the rectory and said Father wanted to see us in the rectory. So we went in, and um, Father Dan sat us down and talked to us. And he wanted to do a joint confession, which... We did. He didn't really hear any of our sins. And then he put his hand on our heads and said, you know, gave us absolution. And the other confession was twice I had confession at home because I was very, very ill and um, with cancer. And I had a list of con- of sins with a a friend, a priest, that's a good friend of ours for many years. And he told me I was being too scrupulous. And Father Tom gave me absolution. I guess I might have confessed a few sins, but I don't even think that. I had the list on the table in front of us. And he would, he, <laughs> he just told me, Joan, you're being too scrupulous. And then Father forgave my sins. In fact, twice 
he came to my home and gave me the anointment of the sick. And I just feel like all my past confessions and the last two didn't really forgive my sins. But they said I did, and my husband said I he's a devout Catholic, and he very active in the church. I mean, really active. Well, and, and Joan, um, I'm going to let Father respond just because we're getting a little short on time here, but I think we've got, you know, kind of the gist of, of what you're asking here. Yeah, Joan, thanks so much for, for sharing. I would say the, 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 the take-home message is if you receive absolution, if the priest says those words, you are forgiven. That is the sacrament, right? So you don't have to be in any anxiety about whether you're forgiven or not. Just if the situation was a little irregular, that sounds like perhaps some of the scenarios you painted were a little bit unusual or irregular, that the irregularity of the, of the moment does not in any way impede the fullness of God's mercy and his grace, right? So when the priest says the words, I absolve you of your sins, speaking for Christ in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and as long as he needs those words, intends those words, and you in your heart have basically, you know, have, or have contrition for your sins, you are forgiven. And you can take that, take that all the way to the heavenly bank. Right? You know, there need to be no anxiety about that. Joan, thanks for calling in. You know, another thing that stood out to me, Father, is Joan talked about, um, you know, making that time for confession, but, you know, she mentioned it, I mentioned it, you know, Bill did as well. You end up making that list. You do a lot of work ahead of time before actually walking into the confessional. You talked about if you need to take with you the act of contrition, if you need to take a list, whatever it is. Uh, that preparation ahead of time is so key. Oh, absolutely. As I like to say, you know, 80% of, of the grace of confession actually is, in a sense, uh, worked on before you actually step into the confessional. In other words, you, you really do have to make an examination of conscience, either you know, using the Ten Commandments or that law of love, loving God and loving neighbor itself, to do a little bit of an inventory spiritually of, of where you're at, because it's only to the extent that we can really name those ways in which we fail that the Lord can, in a sense, heal everything. Now, he forgives everything, absolutely. But once we walk out of the confessional, we have not only the grace of forgiveness, it's not just that, it's actually the grace and the strength to go forward through the penances that we do and, and, the, and the, the prayer, fasting, almsgiving that we do during the Lenten season, which actually equips us not just to avoid sin, but actually to grow in virtue. The point of confession, although immediately is to restore us in relationship with God, is actually that sense of growth and virtue, not simply the avoidance of sin. And so to the extent that you prepare beforehand and have a sense of patterns and, and ways in which we fail, to that same extent, we can participate and make use of the great fruit of that grace, not just to avoid sin, but to grow in virtue. Well, and, and as you talk about that, you know, we're the same person, we commit the same sins. That's also an area where people might get discouraged, is uh, what's the point? You know, I'm just saying yeah. the exact same thing in confession every time. Yeah, no, and, and this is why I say, this is why we're not angels. <laughs> angels have just the one moment in which they, it's, you know, for God or, or, or for self, uh, we have a whole lifetime to work it out. <laughs> the Lord gives us that gift of time. And so we shouldn't be, if, 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 if the, the downside of that is we feel like we've got to get stuck in the rut, you know, again and again. But that's why the Lord gives us that precious gift of time 
to continue to persevere. And as St. Paul says, he has that wonderful line where he's talking about uh, grappling with a thorn in his flesh. He doesn't mm-hmm. say what he's grappling yeah. with. But then he says, three times I prayed, which means if in Scripture that's code for it, it's always on his mind. <laughs> and the Lord says, hey, you know, I'll, I'll paraphrase. He says, take this away from me. The Lord says, I'm thinking... No. (laughs) Why? Because my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, there are things that we might struggle all of our life with, and the whole point is to do what? Is to hang in there, to persevere, to continue to rely on God's grace, to not fall into the illusion that we're somehow activating our own holiness, but it's the Lord in us. That doesn't mean we can become complacent with the sins that we fall into. It simply means that that activity and that action of struggle again and again and again is kind of the point. That's how we're working out our salvation with God's grace. Well, and if there's ever a perfect time to go to confession, it's during this season of Lent. Um, This is the time that the Church calls us to, if you haven't been to confession for a while, go right now. Father, we're down to about the last 30 seconds here of the hour. Could I ask you to offer all of our listeners a blessing as we conclude the hour? Be delighted. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace, his joy, and the great mercy of this season. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Father Michael, for being with us today. Also want to say thank you to Mariano Gomez and to Nick Santovich for their help in producing the program. Thank you to those of you who uh, called in, and apologies to those of you we weren't able to get on the air. The hour just flew by, so uh, we'll revisit this topic again sometime in the near future, of course. Uh, want to encourage you, stay tuned for Mass. We have that coming up next, followed by The Faith Explained. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare. Yes, there is good and evil in the spiritual realm. And how can we prepare ourselves? What can we do so that we can stand strong when we're under that spiritual attack? We'll talk about that tomorrow here on The Inner Life. Have a blessed day.